0: hey guys welcome to the i hope they hear this podcast and today i hope people who want tv show recommendations hear this and my words aren't coming out very good either yeah because so you want to read you want the questions in advance
1: no, no no let's just start over
0: start over and then um Oh, man, it's weird,
1: like, uh, trying to be genuine, like, act like it's for the first time when it isn't. That's very hard.
0: No, you know what? (laughs) We should just straight up say this is our, so, hey, guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. Um, This is our second attempt at recording this topic because um, the first time around, the audio and the video didn't record really well. So I'm just, we, we decided to redo it. We actually got into like the first five minutes of re-recording this thing, and um, Jim request he just pulled a full stop saying, "I don't, I'm not feeling it." So this is hopefully you can feel it this time around, Jim. Um, Lightning
1: in a bottle, take two.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, no, we we kind of already talked about this. So all the all questions right. I'm going to be into asking. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, welcome to the. Uh, oh no, no, uh, we have a special guest. Uh, my good friend, uh, re- returning guest, Mr. James Lee, welcome. Hello. If you're not watching the video, he he did a evil. Uh, what is it? Evil mastermind. That's not evil. Henchman. Entrance. That's not evil. No. Okay.
1: Henchman. <laughs> that's the wrong word. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So
0: you're you're mastermind. Okay, you're right, you're right, sure, sure. Um. So. <laughs> We're talking about story today. Um, We we decided the the reason why we wanted to talk about this in the first place is because it's been uh, a couple weeks since people have been kind of locked down in their homes and a a lot of people who haven't been binging you know Netflix or Hulu or whatever they are now. Um, People are really getting into TV shows because they don't really have anything to do and it's, I think it's it's a good thing because TV shows are helping people stay home, right? Keep safe and giving them a reason to really adhere to uh, quarantining. So we thought we'd help, help out because I actually, uh, I watch a lot of TV. TV is one of my passions. I, <laughs> yeah, maybe I wouldn't go that far, but um, I pretty much have my TV on at all times, just watching something. Um, Jim is a student of, stories he enjoys critiquing tv shows and jim will uh, actually from time to time he'll text me randomly without even saying hi or anything like that he'll just say hey have you seen this tv show it's great and
1: what a blessing
0: <laughs> for you to have someone like me to text is that is that the blessing no i have
1: about? lots of people to text <laughs> I don't. I don't share my like golden thoughts with mm-hmm. anyone. So you're welcome.
0: Oh wow! Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so I, w- one day we were talking about it, and we said, "Hey, why don't we try to put this in a podcast format, um, so that we can tell other people what good TV shows are out there, why we think it's good, and what makes them good?" Right. So um, we're, we're this part of the conversation we're going to kind of be rehashing from our previous recorded um, podcast that was not released but we, we did talk about um, what makes a good story right and I think some of the elements we talked about was like the three act element um that's mostly in movies um, and somewhat in tv shows but it's just a little different because tv shows are you know longer in in nature um and we, we talked about uh what else did we talk about the three act structure uh character development why that's important um so yeah,
1: want to just kind of rehash some of those things, Jim? Sure. Uh, I think the first question that you asked before, uh, it is about what makes the story really good. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, something that we've all learned in school. If you went through you know middle school and high school and college, uh, stories should have beginnings. Stories should have conflict. Stories should have uh, like um, it, you should good stories will raise the stakes like make it more challenging in a in a good believable way Uh, you want the action to rise you want there to be a climax and then of course you want a resolution and then uh, a satisfying ending that's what uh basically a good story is
0: yeah yeah and and the reason why i'm actually uh, talking to jim about this is because he's a english major so he actually does know what he's talking about he's kind of studied story and things like that um so yeah (laughs) Um, I always know what I'm talking about regardless of
1: my educational background
0: you sure that's true you you're pretty well researched I will give you that um so what what are some what are some examples of uh this gives are there any popular movies that adhere really well to that three act beginning middle and structure
1: I, the first one that comes to mind is one we studied in class. It's Mulan. You know, if you watch, okay, so I assume that most people who've seen Mulan, like, many, many years ago, the first time you saw Mulan, you were impressed with it. And uh, the reason why, I mean, yeah, it's it's a funny movie and a lot of good stuff happens, but it it adheres to the good storytelling structure very, very well. Mm. Like, in the beginning, you learn about the, so we call it the normal world. Uh, You learn about, like, how... Uh, Mulan lives what her family life is like what the world is like and then um, then call to action right call to action is literally uh, there's a war happening so the emperor is calling in soldiers so that's the call to action the the main character has to decide do i want to go on this journey and of course we see Mulan uh, accept the normal world call to action Mulan accepts and then a lot of stuff happens that's sort of like the second act Um, stuff happens uh, there's a rise in action uh, like uh, things get more um, exciting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a uh, in the middle, there's a midpoint. Stuff happens in the midpoint that sort of changes everything. I was watching Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I think the midpoint, so the midpoint is sort of, it, uh, it's supposed to be in the middle, but it can be like a little bit before, a little bit after. Uh, the midpoint in Captain America, a uh, Winter Soldier is when uh, Steve Rogers finds out who the Winter Soldier is that sort of really changes the movie that's the midpoint so in the midpoint of a movie that's supposed to happen and then uh, like for Mulan it's when they have that battle on the on the mountain and the avalanche happens but uh, so it seems like they won but they find out you know all the bad guys are just sort of climbing out of the snow that's the midpoint something sometimes it's something that the protagonist doesn't know that the audience knows okay uh, the midpoint happens and of course more setbacks and rising action and then there's a climax the climax is the, the highest point of the story or the movie, and then it's supposed to be resolved, settled down, and things are supposed to change at the end. Mm. Uh, so the, the beginning, we talk about the normal world, this is the world that Mulan's living in, and it's not like great, but then stuff throughout the movie happens, and then at the end, the, the normal world is supposed to change, and that's what a good story, uh, especially within the context of a movie, is supposed to be like.
0: Mm. Can you think of any movies that don't adhere to that? So the yeah. one that that comes to mind for me is a uh, Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man two, the one oh with my God. Andrew Garfield. yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. the they have so many different. So the reason I think that was kind of bad is because there's a lot of different subplots. So this whole rise and fall, like something happening in the middle that happens so many times and yeah <clears> um, <throat> yeah it doesn't stick to a central what is the like world changing event like the like you were talking about midpoint can you think of any other movies
1: i think a lot of movies so uh, i like to watch uh, or pay attention to rotten tomatoes i think movies that get like you know that uh, better in the 50s they usually don't um, have a good structure I think the storytelling is a little uh, you know not great Mm. Uh, one movie uh, that comes to mind so I I saw The Greatest Showman I thought The Greatest Showman was really really good I I enjoyed the music of the movie very very much but like so I think 80% of the movie I thought wow this is really really good and then um, so movies you they want to stick to like a two-hour slot because the shorter, or or, so if a movie is longer, they can't have as many showings in a day. So it's not profitable for movies to be so long. Mm. So that movie, it seemed like 80% of the way, it it felt like it was only halfway through. But then of course they only had a little bit of time left. I feel like if you've seen The Greatest Showman, I feel like the the ending, the climax, the resolution part was all kind of squished together where it wasn't very satisfying. Uh, I think the ending was too easy and uh, uh the movie was so good i thought the movie like the characters were good uh the story was good but then um they rushed the ending which made it feel not very good and i think that really hurt the movie overall hmm.
0: have you seen uh star wars the rise of skywalker the last one that was released
1: At the third one
0: yeah i saw half of it why only half
1: I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't finish it. It was unwatchable. Oh my gosh. Even just leaving it on, I couldn't finish it. Like, I got to a point when I thought, I can't watch anymore. It should be almost over. There was like an hour and a half left. And I was like, that's, that's enough.
0: What I'm not that it, invested. <laughs> what made it so unwatchable? Did it not adhere to that three act structure, the storytelling structure?
1: I. For most of it, I couldn't tell really what was going on. Like what was a lot of, too many things were happening, right? Mm. Um, Yeah, and then like they were, it seemed like they were, oh, so we we want movies to be, of course, believable. If it's too outlandish and it doesn't make any sense. So when we're watching a movie, um, your brain sort of behaves like uh, the same way when you're dreaming. So there is uh, an element of like disbelief but if it, like, gets too unbelievable, then it sort of wakes you up and it makes it not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I think Star Wars says that. There is, you know, the so I don't want to spoil too much, but when they have to, like, uh, wipe out CP3, C-3PO's, like, memory, mm-hmm. I was like, that's stupid. Like, why are we doing This is silly. You know, they're making things silly for no reason. Mm-hmm. And they were making things too convenient just to progress the story. I think that makes it really bad but it was just too convoluted overall.
0: Yeah. The the whole convenience factor, I think, was really plaguing Star Wars because literally, oh, yeah. the one thing that they needed to find, they kind of stumbled into it. They don't, it, it doesn't, it's not like with the, I forget what it's called, but the thing that they need to find um, Emperor Palpatine. Over, the map. Oh yeah, the, over That's the stuff. map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, it's just, they literally fall into like a, quicksand pit and then they just happened to stumble into it and so yeah i think there were a lot of moments where i was taken out of it and said mm. it just doesn't make sense anymore but yeah. you, and i don't
1: you, i don't like forced love triangles either there was a lot of that too
0: yeah 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 that silly that was that was silly but one movie that strange. i actually enjoyed i don't know how well it did in terms of reviews and things like that but you know all the movies of the fast and the uh, Furious franchise they're very it's very unbelievable what they're doing um but why do you think people enjoy them so much
1: so so i think if you look back at the movie you're like yeah that stuff was insane but when you're watching it it, it's i think it pushes the so first i don't think we or normal people have ever attempted to drive their cars the way that they have so how do I know that jumping <laughs> your car out of a plane is impossible oh. or like improbable or you know physically anyway? But to me, it's like oh that it it makes sense as you're watching it. But I'm yeah of course when you're looking back, you're like oh that stuff is just insane, right? Mm. But when I watch well action flicks too, they're kind of different. They're supposed to be kind of kind of more unbelievable. But I think uh, it it's not like tangible experiences or you know common experiences that people have so when I watch it it's not like oh that's crazy I I, you can't drive a car like that I don't know and I think uh, some movies are just meant to be enjoyed and and be Mm -hmm. thrilling but uh, story-wise I think the stories are pretty good Uh, I so the I haven't seen a couple the the recent the Hobbes one I haven't seen that one but um I mean even the last one I guess uh the one post Post Paul Walker, I guess that one the story wasn't great and it was just sort of it it was enjoyable. But yeah, I don't even remember the question. What was the question you asked? (laughs) No, they're unbelievable. But why are they good? Yeah, yeah. I think I I, when I watch it, I don't think I'm. I I never think like, oh my god, that's stupid and impossible. I always think, wow, that's really awesome and and exciting. Like when they're jumping cars from place to place. That's what I I think. And I don't. For me, it doesn't. Uh, break that threshold of you know belief and disbelief
0: so the being story being believable it's not necessarily is it realistic but is it realistic to the within the context of the movie that we're watching right and the se- i guess that makes series, sense right
1: yeah like if if a movies uh like a fantasy you know yeah uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think magic is real, but when you're watching Harry Potter, you're immersed into the world, and within yeah the context of the world, it should make sense. And mm-hmm. I think good movies do that.
0: Yeah. And I think the way that they build Fast and the Furious, if you watch it from 1 all the way to, it's 8 now, I guess. It's... The progression is kind of... it's Like, the things that they do from movie to movie, they grow really fast, but... I think it's somewhat believable within the context of the movie, like because it builds, it kind of builds slowly. Um, If you go from one and jump to like eight, then it might take you out of it a little bit because it's, and there's so many things that happen in between, but within what happens and within the world of Fast and Furious, I personally think everything that happens is believable, given the context, right?
1: Yeah, and I honestly can't remember a lot of things when I was like, man, this this like stunt is too extreme or too unbelievable. I mean, like, a couple of things, but out of, you know, eight movies, like, a couple of times, I don't think that's, that's too unreasonable.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. It, it is, if there's value in giving kind of a thrilling action sequence, I think that, again, is, if it's just to progress the story and just to have, like, a convenient out from the plot you know hole that the writers have dug themselves into yeah yeah, yeah. i think it brings you out of that belief but if it's just Mm -hmm. a really cool like with the in in seven when they're like hopping buildings like they're jumping car from one building to the next it's it's believable in that context even though in real life it doesn't make any sense yeah
1: I think they do things where you give them like the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, I, maybe, like maybe that's possible. Yeah. But I, I also think uh, the movie itself, um, story structure wise, I, I want to say that, I mean, I, you can actually, if you um, look online, it'll tell you how long each section should be, about how long. Uh, it's like down to the minute. Um, if it's like a two hour movie, like literally halfway through, you should have this thing called a midpoint. Um, I want to say if you go back and look at the, the Fast and Furious, most of them, or, or not not the early ones, some of the early ones were not very good, hmm. but I bet you they stick pretty strictly to like the structure of the of like a movie story. Hmm. And I think um, like storytelling wise, it's probably pretty good.
0: Yeah. So then, you know, we, we talked about the structure, like what we should see in, in movies and things like that. Um, so if you're out there, looking for movies to watch yeah I think you can watch them with a new lens Uh, you can critique them a little bit more precisely well at least in terms of what you should be uh, recognizing in story structures but there are also movies that deliberately stray from the kind of traditional movie structure too though right? so
1: uh, I want to say, like eighty, ninety percent of movies, they're trying to stick to the structure because it's good storytelling. Mm. If you deviate from this sort of three act structure model, um, like so, it's it's kind of like um, kind of like uh, you have a story and you try to fit it into this, this model. Uh, most movies will try to do that, but when they deviate, it'll leave the audience member uh, this feeling of uh, it'll fe- you'll feel unsettled mm. if you watch a movie that deviates from the structure. And it's cause we've been, um, what's that, what, what's it called? When like you even put through it so many times, we've been conditioned, right? I'm sure most people have seen like a couple movies every year since they were born, not, okay, not born, but anyway, their whole entire life. And when a movie deviates from uh, a, a good structure, then you're gonna feel not great about it. And uh, when you walk out of a movie, it's not just, oh, the story was bad or the writing was poor. Like that unsettled feeling, it comes from, uh, I think, a lot to do with the structure of the storytelling.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I remember there was a movie called Wooza in Korea, and I didn't like it the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. I rewatched it, I think, five years ago, and I realized it was because there's no conflict. Or, well, there's no motivating like journey for the main character it it just they're there and things are happening to them but there's Mm -hmm. no real like journey that you were talking about so um yeah i I think the choice was deliberate in that for that movie but i don't think execution Mm -hmm. was good so yeah yeah
1: it's it's really really hard to deviate but yeah some people do it out of like artistic expression mm-hmm. um, some some directors and writers they want you to feel unsettled for you know a purpose but when movies do it for no reason and by accident that's when it's you know
0: dumb and bad yeah so what's, what's your favorite movie jim favorite movie yeah do you have a alternative uh, movie? let's let's talk I'm, about uh-huh. your favorite our favorite movies and then let's kind of critique it and see if they do adhere to the structure or
1: not. Uh, Well, uh, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is, is Endgame. Oh, uh, yeah, that that's poster my... behind you, right? Is that Endgame oh yeah, poster? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, uh, that's when you bought a ticket through somewhere. I can't remember, but yeah, I, I bought the poster and um, I don't regret it. <laughs> but yeah, so see, Endgame is a unique one because it's so long, but uh, I feel like I'm going to assume that they adhere to uh, a good storytelling structure, even though it's a little bit longer.
0: Because it, it is, it, the length is also unique, but even the way that they present that story structure, I think is very unique because they're, they almost do it twice, right? The whole normal world journey and the new world, that happens in the first scene, I think. It happens once, right? Because they fight themselves in a post-snap like, situation and they go on a journey to confront Thanos and then the, that conflict is very quick because they kill him right away, right? Mm-hmm. And then the, a new world is established. But, but then they use kind of that new world that is established as the normal world and then they kind of redo it for the entirety of the movie. Right? Cause they they do like a mini version of it in the beginning and then they, to set up the normal world and then they play it out in the remainder of the movie, right? Yes, and I think mean, what you're saying
1: is that like what they were trying to do? I don't know, but yeah, what you're saying makes sense, kind of, No, a lot. It makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and, and so, but then I think because the climax and the resolution of that first mini story arc, I guess, it was so quick. I think it does leave the viewer feeling a little bit unsettled going into it. And I think that makes sense that they did it deliberately because mm-hmm. you're, they're bringing you into a world that is unsettled, right? The world of, of the post decimation and it's... Mm-hmm. You're, you're not supposed to feel good going into it, right? You're supposed to be devastated and it's supposed to be, that burden of loss is supposed to be very fresh in everyone's mind because that's the state that every hero is in.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting.
0: And also uh, I think
1: uh, Endgame has one of the best cold opens in a oh, movie yeah. ever. I think that's what it's called. But uh, yeah, the, the first thing that you see, I think when I saw it in theaters, I remember thinking like this, is an amazing cold open like i am blown away within the first three minutes of a movie hmm. so yeah you know uh, the thing that the russo brothers do really well i'm sure they film like nine hours of movie but they cut like so much away to not uh, hurt the narrative and i think uh yeah they're really really good at it and you know for us too as viewers sometimes we're like oh they could have done this, or this doesn't make any sense. If you watch deleted scenes, all of our questions and problems with the movie are are answered, but they had to cut so much of it away to not like make it convoluted, Mm. which uh, Star Wars did not do.
0: You know, actually, with Star Wars, they brought J.J. Abrams in kind of late. Initially, the guy who made Jurassic World was set to uh, write... I think he actually wrote a screenplay for it and uh, I recently saw online that it got leaked and someone did some sort of animation of it and to show what the story should have been and it's so much better than what we got um so if you guys want to if you guys are curious go look up Star Wars Duel of the Fates um and watch the animated kind of clip of a guy narrating and there's an animation attached to it and it I think that would've been a much Dang. more interesting and better story. So yeah, a little nugget for you there. Um, so then let's, yeah. let's shift into, let's shift into TV shows. Because we, mm-hmm. we talked about, I think we used movies to talk about story because it's just easier because there's a start and an end. But um, TV shows should follow kind of the same structure throughout the series with kind of mini versions of it within every episode, right?
1: yeah
0: so i I think the we didn't do this last time we recorded so i'm kind of throwing this at jim uh freshly why don't we talk about kind of just think about the top five tv shows that you have that you you most enjoyed and then kind of let's just kind of go through the list of why you liked it and um why how you would convince someone that they should watch it during this quarantine time and we, we can talk about all these story elements um act story like whether it adheres to these three act um structures or not things like that and so while you're thinking jim i'll go through my list i'm gonna go from kind of darkest to lightest in terms of tone i i'm weird because i kind of like dark tv shows so i don't recommend these tv shows for everybody and the first tv show i'm going to talk about is called black mirror and My wife absolutely hates that TV show. She will not watch it with me. She says it hurts her soul. So um, if you're kind of like that, don't watch it. But it's an interesting premise because it's on Netflix and it's called Black Mirror because it's pretty much giving a dark reflection back to society um, in a kind of foreboding, uh, ominous way. It usually has to do with some sort of technology. It usually has to do with, sometime in the future it's an it's a it's an anthology um it's a collection of stories so every episode is independent of of each other so you don't have to watch them uh sequentially but every single episode does adhere to the story uh structure that you were talking about jim there is they set up a current world normal world um, setting they introduce you to what's happening in the real like normal world and then something happens whether the character has to go on a journey or the journey is forced upon the character. Uh, They have to go through kind of this transition. um, And then there's a climax. And then they bring you back to, uh, they bring you into the new world. But a lot of the episodes, the new world is the same world as before, except what the protagonist knows is different. Like the protagonist has like a different perspective on it. And so it's really not about changing the world, um, the environment. It's more about changes that happen to the character. And sometimes a lot of the times it's unsettling because there are a few episodes where uh, the introduction into the new world is it kind of happened just because it happened. Uh, And so I think in those cases and for this TV show, it's a very deliberate uh, thing that the creators are doing, but they execute it very well. it it leaves you feeling unsettled but you know why you're feeling unsettled like it's supposed to kind of disturb you it's supposed to make you think oh man like that's that's kind of crazy that that happened so um if you're into kind of the darker it's it's definitely for more mature audiences so um if you're not into that don't watch it but if you're kind of into cerebral tv shows um it, it was originally created by bbc i think so like the first season it's all people with like english accents which i really like um so um i don't know take a take a watch the first episode of the first season is pretty shocking um so i think that will kind of give you a. it gets less shocking as it goes but um that so that's my number one jim do you have one you want to talk about yet or are you still thinking?
1: Uh well I I do have a list. I don't know what my number 1 would be, but most of the shows on my list are lighthearted, fun. I would say like 70% fun, 30% serious. Hmm. Uh the the top one, so my number 1 recommendation right now is Shits Creek. S C H I T T apostrophe S. Shits Creek. It's about so the the premise is pretty uh it's not like um, it's not like new but uh it's the the story is basically about a rich family a really really wealthy family who loses all their money and they have to move to like a small town and and sort of pick themselves back up and that's the premise of the of the series but the characters are very good uh the writing is very good uh it's um uh it's filmed in Canada it's it's a canadian broadcast uh whatever so it's, a, it's the tone and flavor is kind of different from what we were used to, but I think it's one of the funniest, smartest shows uh right now. And mm-hmm. um, it's one it's one of the shows for me. So shows I really like, I watch over and over again, and I think rewatchability is really important. Um, Shit's Creek, I've seen at least three or four times, and right now this year it's the series. Uh, finale so actually this upcoming week or uh, so right now what's today today's fourth Saturday is the 4th of April uh, next week is their final episode of the series so I'm really really looking, looking forward to that but it's on Netflix and it's it's one of the funniest shows I have ever seen yeah I, I have ever seen maybe
0: wow okay. and you introduced me to that show and I only, I've only seen the first five seasons. The sixth season, which is a series finale, is airing right now. So that's not on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoy it. And I think what I really enjoy about it is it's the character's journey. So every member of the uh, Rose family, which is kind of the, the rich family, um, they go through this journey of act- self actualization almost. Right and um, like how they come out of it, the character development and like the relationships, it's all very, it's all very funny, but it has a core mm-hmm. of like really heartfeltness. So it does pull. I mean, I, I think they do just do a really good job of getting you emotionally invested, and oh yeah, um, taking the characters oh, yeah. to proper character development. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At the heart of it, I mean, that's the story is a rich family trying to, you know, get their wealth back, but really the story is about family, and I think that's something we can all really relate to. Uh, But yeah, they the cast is very good, like the the ensemble, the the um, they cast very well. Uh, Yeah, the writing is very strong. Some of the jokes are like I, I feel like some shows they their jokes are we've heard them all before four, you know, but this one, it's really, really fresh. Hmm. And uh I'm yeah, I'm in season six right now. Oh my gosh. I'm every season is good. You know how some shows, some seasons are like not very good. I can pretty confidently say that every season has been very good and season six so far, like I wish it wouldn't end. That's how much I'm still enjoying it. But yeah, I mean to be honest, I know it's supposed to end, but they the first like third so I think it's fourteen episodes uh, in season six the first like 13 it's all set up and i don't know how they're going to finish it but yeah i, I just mm-hmm. can't wait to see it it's an hour-long series finale next week
0: wow well, where do you watch it on
1: doesn't matter
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay oh gotcha doesn't matter. okay gotcha gotcha yeah yeah uh, so no yeah, I, yeah. and so Shit's Great is also one that i would definitely recommend um it's yeah it's very smart it's very funny what well, The thing that gets me the most is the mother in the Rose family is actually the mom in the Home Alone, uh, the first two Home Alone movies. So Mm -hmm. it's a, and it's just a huge, huge character departure. The, the actress there, the two characters couldn't be more different. And I still remember my favorite line still is when she's talking to her husband and she says, I can't connect or I can't, I don't understand what's going on because you're closing up like a bashful clam and it's just one of the greatest jokes ever just yeah and the yeah. even the way that she says it it's really I don't know, it's just it's really funny you just have to watch it uh, yeah
1: yeah
0: any anything else you want to talk about, or say about shits creek
1: about the show i mean there's so many things i want to say like it, it's so good there so um tv shows with uh, because they're they run so long they'll uh, they'll have like uh, jokes that go through the whole entire series and the jokes that the writers of Shits Creek use oh my gosh they're just so fresh and funny yeah I mean I don't want to give anything away because I really want people to just watch it and enjoy it but man it is like so good and um it, it wasn't very popular before but it, it's actually getting more popular now. And that's kind of weird for, because TV series, usually they're like kind of pop. So they, they used start off slow and, you know, they get kind of popular and kind of die off. That's not it at all. Like they are exploding right now and they're about to finish the series. So it's, it's so, so different, so good. And I also like whatever you believe, whatever, you know, live sources you've made, there's a lot of social commentary. And I, I enjoy that as well. And they do it in a way where it's not, like, offensive, um, but it's good and thought-provoking and, and, like, deeply compassionate. I mean, just, yeah, the writing overall is so good. And they never, even, so, even if you're, like, the most conservative kind of person, if you watch it, you understand what I'm trying to say, you won't be offended by the show in any way. Like, they do it very carefully, cautiously, and they talk about really serious stuff, even though, like, 70 80% of the show is jokes. So I really like like shows like that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So moving on, for me, my second TV show, kind of getting less darker, although it's still pretty dark, is a series called *Peaky Blinders* on Netflix. Have you seen that, Jim?
1: I don't watch dark things.
0: <laughs> it's a uh, it's kind of like a crime family, so it's it's a, it's like a mob story pretty much, but it's. Uh, the rise of a crime, I guess, family syndicate in post World War One England. Yeah, so it's it's very interesting because you kind of get historical things as well. Um, but it's just it's if you like movies like Goodfellas or uh, Godfather, things like that. Um, the kind of witnessing the rise of a family and then almost all of them have kind of the fall um but because this is a series um we haven't seen the fall yet i I feel like it's coming maybe maybe not but it it's going into the fifth season and there is no set you know this is going to be the last season or anything like that yet so i don't know how that's going to play out but every season it shows an incremental increase in the influence and power of this crime family, and they do it through th- that story structure we talked about it's It's not apparent in every episode, but you have to watch the entire season to see oh, where the kind of midpoint is, where things change, and um, how that brings them into the new world and thus far um, I mean and, and every kind of conflict is either with the rival crime family or with the authorities, right? But it's very well-written. It it doesn't, because there, there are some TV shows that drag too much. I, I don't think, I mean, it's not over yet, so I can't speak to it yet, but thus far, it hasn't been super draggy. It's been everything that they do, every element that they add has been to progress the story. Um, so if you're into kind of crime family, TV shows, movies. Peaky Blinders is really good. Again, it's rated mature, so for, just for mature audiences. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the step down from uh, dark. All my next TV shows I'm going to talk about, they're actually very lighthearted. So, Jim, what's your next one?
1: Mm uh i time, time
0: think i can go on to my next one i think we, we can actually talk a lot about this next tv show
1: well yeah i'm actually gonna steal it because i i only have two recommendations i think of shows mm-hmm. that i'm watching right now maybe i'll think of a third but the the one uh, your third and my second community it's on Netflix. i'm actually watching it right now uh and um i've already seen it a couple times whole series yeah. Watching it again, it still makes me laugh. There's yeah. so, still stuff that I'm noticing that's brand new. Uh, and, man, like, it's so much fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, to Community me, is definitely one of my very high recommendations.
0: Yeah, it it's one of those TV shows you kind of have to sit through the first couple of episodes. I, I don't think the first few episodes are very representative of what the series kind of evolves into. Because... I think it starts off more kind of... Generic? Yeah, it, it is a little bit generic in the beginning, but then I think Community really gets into its own identity, like middle of season one. Like, so I, I would definitely, definitely sit through it. Well, what, what do you like about Community so much? I, for me personally, I think it's the color and tone. I don't know, have you talked about color and tone on this recording yet?
1: color and tone uh no we haven't I don't think we've talked about that yet yeah I, I enjoy the color and tone very good very much uh the, the thing I like most about community is uh like the meta humor that's for sure like the the comedy is very cerebral mm. uh, like it's a silly show where crazy stuff happens but Like there are things they say, and it's a joke, but if you think about it, like it's just so intelligent. Like the writing is very, very good. Uh, And their gags, again, uh, that run throughout the the course of the series, just really fresh and really good. And uh, yeah, their cast is one of the best that have been assembled that I can think of.
0: Yeah, there is one long running joke. I hope this isn't giving it away, but you you know Beetlejuice? Have you ever, did you watch the, the movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. the premise is if you say Beetlejuice's name three times, then Beetlejuice will appear, right? Throughout the series, they mention Beetlejuice, and when they say the word the third time, you actually see someone dressed up as Beetlejuice walking in the background. There are things like that that you don't really notice the first time that you watch, and you, you kind of have to pay attention, but even in the way background there are these jokes and there are these interesting things that happen that i really appreciate about a community because you mentioned rewatchability before this Mm -hmm. might be my fifth time maybe sixth time watching through community um and again it's it's actually freshly on netflix now i think they Mm -hmm. they came on beginning of this week or something
1: yeah a couple days ago
0: yeah so um it's it's if all you have is a Netflix account. This should be a pretty new show. I think this recommendation is going to be one of the best recommendations we give, Jim, because it's actually not a very well-known show. I think it's. it might be... No, I'm going to say this definitively. It's the most underrated TV show I've ever seen in my life, I think. Maybe. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's not very popular and it got canceled a bunch of times. Yeah. But it has a very, like strong and passionate cult following fan base
0: yeah yeah but yeah it's you can see kind of when the cancellations kind of happened it got canceled Mm. um for sure the biggest uh line you'll see is from season five to season six because it actually moves networks It, it was originally on nbc but it got canceled on nbc and it got picked up by yahoo yahoo tried to do kind of a streaming service do you know if they're still doing it
1: Yahoo streaming?
0: Yeah, the Yahoo movie no, it, videos, TV show. It doesn't exist. It anymore. died a long
1: time ago. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> so no. Um, um,
0: when Yahoo was trying to do that, they picked up community. And so um, when you see the first five seasons, they really adhere to a strict timeline, like timetable in terms of every episode. But they're actually a lot more flexible about it in season six. And even the mm. content, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, season six is actually one of my favorites. I was re-watching it the other day. There was one episode where um, email security, did you watch that one? Do you remember which yeah. one i talking about? Yeah it's, yeah. it's so silly, but if you sit down and to think about it, it really does make you question um, like freedom of speech and how much of freedom of speech do you have to protect uh, before it become a, becomes a detriment to someone else? Um, I actually you know for this podcast I wanted to get a couple of people to watch that episode with me to just talk about it because I think there's so many questions there so many like just more questions of morality questions about our you know free freedom of speech that would be super interesting to to talk about but they do it in such a funny way that if you're just watching it you're just having a good time you're not really forced to think about these things you're not Unless you want to, right? Because there are some TV shows that get too cerebral, and they force you into that, and say, and, and they kind of make you think about those things. But community, I don't think does does it that way. They they just they keep it super lighthearted, and they just leave it there for people to pick at it if they want. I I want to actually say
1: that community might be the smartest show that i've ever watched because there's so many layers and they have to keep track of all the layers and they yeah but you have to keep track of all the layers and you um can't like deviate too far anyway like it's so smart uh if you want if you also want to learn a little bit about like tv structure and stuff uh watch this show because one of the main characters he studies film and he talks about tv as he's in a TV show he talks about like three-act structure and uh, the episode when they're transporting the giant hand that one it's literally like they're talking about how to write a show and but it's you know within the context of the show anyway I can't yeah just me trying to explain it it's, it's too many layers but yeah it's definitely one of if not the smartest show that I've ever seen
0: yeah so the character you're talking about is Abed and he is... Do they ever talk about it? Is he actually autistic? I don't know if they outright say it. They allude to it. They say he probably is. Like, he probably has Asperger's or something like that. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, I think it's pretty, like, definitive uh, in um, in the Lava when uh, Anyway, oh, I can't say what happened in there, but the Lava one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, def- Definitely.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, Whoa, it's, is that a
1: spoiler? Okay.
0: No, no, it's not. It's not because I think the very first scene you watch mm-hmm. the the interaction between Abed and Jeff, it, you actually can tell. Oh, okay, this guy isn't normal. And and like they they explore it pretty well. I mean, not not even the lava one, the the Christmas one, the Christmas special when it's claymation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, they, they really do dive into it. But because of that, he can only relate to people and his world through TV shows. Like the, the thing that he's really focused on is like TV shows and, and film and things like that. So yeah, um, it, there's so many meta jokes because as yeah. they're going through it, um, he points out the things that, uh, of the story structure and things like that. It's so funny, it's great. There was one episode where the cast is all within a single room and they're trying to figure out who stole a pen. Um, and mm-hmm. Abed keeps saying bottle episode, bottle episode. Oh, we're doing a bottle episode. And I didn't know what a bottle episode was. Um, I had to look it up. But it's basically an episode in a TV show where they, it's an internal conflict within the, the cast where they're in a confined space and they don't really uh, go out and venture into the world. And so, yeah, you just, you just learn a lot about TV and, and movies and, and the story. Through Abed's lens, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also um, for fans of Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, this TV show was his big break. It really did launch him. I, I think it really did launch him into stardom. And then mm-hmm. afterwards, he used it as a jumping off point to get even more creative with like TV shows like Atlanta and his like rap career and all that. But I, I would say that yeah, it really just yeah gave him a platform
1: yeah yeah he's one of the funniest people in the world oh my gosh the way like he it's so he's so crazy because you know when he uh, so i I haven't seen a lot of his uh, so his music he's a very serious musician and like it's very impressive uh even in spider-man uh he was like a i mean like a funny guy but you know kind of a serious character he's the craziest person in community yeah like just the way he reacts the way he just says i don't know it's just, yeah it's so interesting and that's who i like the most like uh, his music is good uh, his uh, that movie with the uh, uh matt damon right he was in that movie he was a pretty serious character
0: oh martian i yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
1: I mean he's a very good actor but i enjoy his uh, his character from community more than any of the other things that he's done
0: I totally like he's
1: agree. He's so funny. Oh my gosh. He's too funny. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah. Community. Can we Definitely. stop? I want to watch uh, some community. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's, 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 let's finish yet? it up. Let's okay, finish okay. it up. Um, for, for my number four, I, I actually picked uh, 30 Rock. And f- funny connection there. Donald Glover was at one point, I'm pretty sure one of the writers for 30 Rock. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a story of, uh, you know, Tina Fey. It's, that's also pretty meta, too, because it's a TV show, but it's a TV show about uh, a crew um, trying to put together, or, well, trying to maintain a TV show that they, that they have. And the TV show that Tina Fey's character is leading, producing, is a live TV show. And in kind of homage to that, throughout the series, there's at least two episodes. Where they did it completely live, um, so it's a situation comedy. It's a sitcom, so most episodes are recorded, but there are a few where at the time they they broadcasted it live. Um, there are even, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a really fun time. Like the color and tone, I think, is is really funny. Um, again, with this TV show as well, the first I want to say like the first season is a little slow, a little dry. Um, But as it comes into its own, it's it's so funny because they stray a little bit from reality, like, incrementally. Like, they just introduce, like, ridiculous concepts. Um, They really fall into the, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When the caricatures of the characters that they are. Like, there's a big executive. Jack Donaghy, who's played by Alec Baldwin, and he he's pretty much a caricature of like U.S. corporate executive. But there's character development that takes him from just you know money, money, money to actually caring about people and and, and things like that. And and there's a Tracy Morgan who plays a character called Tracy Jordan, and he's just a really funny caricature of uh, outlandish, crazy celebrity, and yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really smart too. Tina Fey I think is a very good writer, um, so everything that she does I think there's a hint of just quick witted, um, funny humor into in, it. So if you haven't seen Thirty Rock, sit through the first season, but it's really funny. It's it's not super cerebral. It's not as smart as Community, um, but it is just a fun you know it's a fun thing to watch. I think. Have you ever seen Dirty Rock?
1: No. Uh, isn't it kind of old? It is. Like, it is, is pretty old. The humor kind of dated.
0: Uh I guess. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, but I, I think it's still. I still watch it. It's not on Netflix anymore. It used to be on Netflix, but it's on Hulu now. Um, so I, I've been rewatching it on Hulu, and sure, it is a little dated, but I still think it's relevant sometimes yeah so it definitely is from a long time ago but the the same could be said for community community is pretty old too um so some of the topical humor that they do um is a little dated
1: i think i've seen like a little bit maybe i'm not mm-hmm. sure maybe i've seen a little bit of 30 rock but it just looks like an older tv show
0: too mm, no. right not really i don't think so Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. You know, it's it's actually a contemporary of community. So what's crazy is there was a time period in our history where NBC, their Thursday night lineup was Community, 30 Rock, Office, and Parks and Rec. Those four TV shows, they played back to back to back. That's a super solid lineup. But um, I wonder what's on NBC now. I don't know. Does anyone actually <laughs> watch TV anymore? <laughs> You're right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so um, 30 Rock. And my, and my last one is, a, is actually super old. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle?
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, that too was on Netflix, but it's on uh, Hulu now. And this is super old. So you'll see things like Cell phones, um, I mean, cell phones aren't really existent in this TV show, uh, like, especially smartphones, for sure it's not on here. Uh, Brian Transton, the main character of Breaking Bad, he's the father of the family in this TV show. And it, he's, the, he's so funny. Uh, he was, sim- he's actually similar to Troy, the way that you were uh, explaining Donald Glover's character in Community. Just his reactions, his actions, the things that he says, it's just super funny. And his character is so different from his character in Breaking Bad that it will just uh, it it'll be a treat for fans of Breaking Bad that didn't watch Malcolm in the Middle. And um, the humor is, just, is pretty crude because it's a story revolving around a family with five boys. It starts out with four boys, but it ends up being five boys. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of just kind of crude humor. humor, But it, it's not really... I wouldn't say it's only for mature audiences. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it's, a, it's just a good time. I think it's just a, a funny, good time uh, seeing a, a family of five uh, just kind of trying to figure things out. They're from a very low-income family, and a lot of things happened to them throughout the series that put them in a worse position than, than they started in. Um, but yeah just kind of the levity um, and the way that they roll with the punches, I think um, I think it's it's good. So yeah, that, that, those that's my top five. Um, I, I didn't mention uh, some of my other favorite TV shows like uh, Office and Parks and Rec because I feel like those are pretty much on everyone's list already. Maybe not thir- maybe not Parks and Rec. Office for sure because it's the number one most watched TV show on Netflix, but um, those two, I also recommend if you don't know what they are but the top five yeah that's my top five have you have you thought
1: of a third i want to mention two shows uh Mm -hmm. before we end the podcast the what am i on third my third choice is unbreakable kimmy schmidt it's also netflix the netflix series uh, original uh the reason so the the story is about this the first episode it's this girl who's locked in this bunker and uh, it's really funny and light. I know it sounds scary and serious, but it's not. Uh, she was locked in a bunker for 15 years and she she thought the world ended. So she was uh, held captive with other girls by this guy who called himself a reverend. And then 15 years later, uh, the first episode of the series, uh, she gets released. And so the police come and they save them, they save the girls. And now she's experiencing the world for the first time. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really like this show. It's very light. It's the uh, the girl from uh, The Office. What was her name in The Office? Erin. Erin, yeah, yeah. The receptionist in a, you know, the latter half of The Office. She's the main character for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And the reason why I like it, it's very, very funny, very, very light. The writing in season one is just okay, but it gets really, really funny. Like, this show, I mean, it's supposed to be this girl experiencing our time right now there's a lot of social commentary which I enjoy like uh, so I want to share a joke that makes me really really laugh like I was sitting here thinking about it and it made me laugh uh, one of the characters so uh, the the reverend goes to trial one day and uh, one of the characters he's like uh, in New York and he's broke and he goes to the library and he's like I'm gonna watch the the trial on the library computer <laughs> hold on sorry and then he like googled it He he's looking for the trial he's like um, bunker girls kidnapping, and then he has to like scroll all the way down to the second page. He's like, "Oh my god, what's wrong with society?" Like something like that. It it it's so smart, so funny. Um, the cast, the casting is just okay to be honest, but I think it gets better. Um, but yeah,
0: definitely give that show a watch. Uh, oh, the then, the, um, the 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 other show on on, on that show, yeah. uh, the character you were talking about, Titus um yeah. there's actually another joke that i make makes me laugh is he's super broke but he needs to get some cash so he goes to the atm and he tries to withdraw like a dollar i think is what he tries to withdraw um but <laughs> as he's doing it um the, it says there's a three dollar transaction fee and then he's like okay <laughs> i guess i will have to and he presses enter but what comes out is a negative two dollar bill and he's like what do i do with this right so uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's just silly and funny, but it is um, social. There is social commentary attached to that, you know, of, you know, the rich and um, the poor really can't get their heads above water because of situations like that, you know. And so it, it's really funny It's yeah. it's just silly. But then it does, like, make you think, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's tons of very, like, it's, but the show gets too silly. Like, uh, in community, they'll be kind of crazy for one episode and they'll go, go back to normal. They actually will get crazy. The the world will change, and that's how the world is for the rest of the series. And it it blows my mind. Like, man, I can't share anything because it's all spoilers, but Mm. yeah, stuff happens, like big accomplishments and and stuff. Yeah, just it's supposed to be like the world we live in now, but it's not. Like, Mm. what the I'm in like the middle of season three, maybe, or something like that it's not like our world anymore it's crazy but it's still believable and it's funny it's very light but very uh yeah a lot of very smart jokes and um very important ideas in the show
0: and i really yeah. like the character of kimmy schmidt too because so i've only seen the first episode first uh season but the reason why it's called unbreakable kimmy schmidt is because even though this atrocity was kind of done on to her um being kidnapped for 15 years she comes out with a great attitude and just everything that happens to her where it's a, it seems like a setback, she'll kind of shake it off and she'll find a way, a reason to be happy, a reason to try to survive, a reason to kind of keep moving forward. And I I, I watched the first season because of that character. I just really enjoyed mm. the positive energy that that character poured out.
1: Yeah, she has a lot of... she. Her naivete is very charming.
0: Yeah, yeah. In, in yeah. the sense... But- yeah
1: yeah she's but like I think part of the one of the biggest themes of the show it's about empowering women like that doesn't sound very you know exciting but uh, plus it's also so if I had a daughter, I would want her to watch the show for two reasons one uh it it just has a lot of good like social commentary, but the, more important than that, it has a lot of good life lessons, so uh, a lot of the episodes are like you're dealing with this problem well this is how this person who had the worst situation ever in life is it, it, is able to kind of deal with that stuff so there's uh, again a lot of like pretty much every episode the the core goal of each episode I think it's to uh, teach like very important life lessons like um, you know, one one episode I remember it was like you know you can do anything for 10 seconds and then once that 10 seconds is over, just do it. Just do it again for another 10 seconds. And then after a while, you just kind of, you know, like uh, deal with it and move on from it. But I think that's very, very good advice. Like just deal with something just a little bit at a time. And then eventually you'll deal with the whole problem. And I, I feel like, yeah, man, a lot of people need to watch this show and kind of develop those sort of emotional tactics. So I think that for that reason, I think it's very, very good. Mm yeah it's a great show I mean again like the first a lot of the reasons why first seasons are not great it's because characters like the cast they're trying to develop their chemistry like in community part of the reason why uh, it's so kind of rigid in the first season is because they had they intended certain storylines to happen but then they had to change it because the characters chemistry were different like uh, Abed and and Troy because the chemistry developed I think that's why they took it into such a crazy place and and, and a good crazy place. But yeah, I mean, you got to give shows a little bit of time to figure it out. Mm.
0: Yeah, I I think that's true. Even with The Office, the first season isn't as good as the rest of the series.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like you don't know what's going to happen. The last show I want to mention is The Newsroom. It's an older show. I think it only has like three or four seasons. It's... So it's about... Uh, this guy, who uh, with his team, they run this news show. You know, this prime time, uh, prime time hour news show, and uh, it it like follows real life events. Um, the show is basically about how a newsroom kind of works, but it also follows each character and like stuff happens. You know, uh, love happens, tragedy happens. Uh, it's very very good. Uh, the reason I like it so much is it's because I think. I think we, as a society, especially now, um, I, this was back in a time when this idea of like fake news was happening very, very early, and and there's a lot of mistrust. I mean, now like it's like worse than ever, right? There's a, a a huge faction of people who have so much mistrust toward the like the news and the media. Um, it kind of shows it. It kind of shows us why there's so many problems. Uh, and the show also like uh, it, um, helps you see kind of the bigger picture of all of that stuff and uh yeah I don't know and it's one of the smartest so uh Aaron Sorkin I think is his name he's a writer the dialogue and the writing is so good and so smart and um, like like we're talking about in Schitt's Creek the the mom right Catherine O'Hara just like her from home alone and her character in shits creek is so different the main character is the guy from dumb and dumber
0: Mm, that's right
1: um i can't remember his name but uh yeah the not not jim carrey but the other guy his character is so it's literally the opposite like dumb and dumber he's a dumb guy this is probably one of the smartest guys ever and uh and there's a lot of yeah like a commentary on on news and media there's a lot of comments like political commentary uh so yeah i think yeah, I think everybody will really, really enjoy it. But it's it's a little heady. Like, the, the dialogue and the and the content is a little heady, but uh, it's very, very good.
0: You know that clip that's, like, on Facebook all the time where a guy gets asked, why is America the number one country in the world? He says, it's not, and gives, like, a reason why it's yeah. not. It, that's Is that yeah. from that show?
1: Yeah, that's the show. You know uh, what's really, really interesting? About, so that's the reason I started watching the show. If you haven't seen... Uh, That clip, go watch it because it's very, very powerful. But even more amazing, the actor I can't, you know, his name, whatever, he memorized that. It's like a thousand words and he memorized it and he spits it out. uh, And it's it's crazy. It's all numbers and like facts and stuff. So definitely, um, if you can, oh, provide a link. It's in the description. All right, go look for it. Of the podcast.
0: You want me to provide a link? Can you find the link?
1: I mean, uh, I can find the link, yes.
0: Oh, you know, actually, <laughs> the if, one you, has, uh... no, if you, um, if you Google newsroom, I think that one of the first clips that comes up is that, mm. um, and the character, the, the actor's name that you were trying to think of is Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels. Yeah,
1: Jeff Daniels. Yeah, so, yeah he's, yeah. He's, like, incredibly smart in real life. Like, the way he portrays it, you can tell he's he's very, very smart. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just, you're going to see a side of him. I mean, we saw it in, uh, again, The Martian. Why did we talk about Martian again?
0: We talked about it because of Donald Glover.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Jeff Daniels is in The Martian also. And hmm. that's sort of the character he plays in the newsroom. But, yeah, he has so much range as an actor, and it's amazing. Hmm. But But this show is very serious. But it's really really funny too like it's it's very yeah it's a fifty percent no forty percent light sixty percent serious no no sorry forty percent light forty fifty percent serious ten percent um drama that's how I would hmm. divide it up
0: where do you is it available on any of the streaming services?
1: oh I have no idea i uh, i think i originally thought many years ago on um amazon prime video maybe but yeah it's, it's pretty old i'm sure it's uh, available in a lot of places but it's another uh show that i've seen many many times and it's not very long it's only like a few seasons so definitely you can uh, you can yeah like grind through it pretty easy but it's very very good and very worthwhile to watch
0: nice any any uh, last thoughts as we close out on this podcast
1: Go outside, I don't watch TV all the time, That's Sure crazy. No,
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, even with the quarantine, you, you can go outside. Um, don't go to crowded places, but they do let you go out to kind of breathe in fresh air. What my family and I do is we actually just walk around the neighborhood and whenever we see someone else, we just kind of go on the other side of the road so that we keep the safe mm. six feet distance. For sure, go mm. out, breathe some fresh air wear a mask if only just for the pollen because we talked about this uh on our first take today but my eyes are still swollen from the walk I did yesterday I was wearing a mask too but when I got in the home I mean, when I got in the house I didn't shower right away so I think all the pollen in my hair and things like that got to me um, so that's why my eyes are so swollen still but um yeah even with those things I think it's important to get some sun but
1: I well with that being said I want to say be very very cautious like extremely cautious because my brother uh, is a nurse of Mm -hmm. course and today he came home like literally this morning he came home and he was like you know this coronavirus thing is scarier than I thought it was because I think many people have this perception that oh it's kind of like the flu and you know like if you're healthy you'll be fine uh he actually so again I don't want to scare anybody because statistically like I think most I mean the vast majority of us will be okay but uh, he uh, like he had two stories uh, the one I remember was this nurse she worked with corona patients she went home her husband got sick he passed away recently mm. and I mean that's that's of course not like you know all cases but uh, I think we all need to take this very seriously and be very very careful because um, I, I was on YouTube arguing with this guy, like this stranger, and he was like, you know, if you're healthy, you're gonna be fine. And I got so upset. I was like, then he was telling me all these things and I was like, you know what? If you believe all of this, just go and hang out at a in an emergency room and enjoy yourself and see what happens. But it's it's again like just be very, very cautious and safe. Um, don't take unnecessary risks. Yeah, that's that's all I wanna say.
0: And I mean, by the time this episode is released, we actually might have seen the worst of it because they say that within the next mm-hmm. two to three weeks is when the hospitals are probably going to be overwhelmed. Um, so I, I guess we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm praying that that's not the case. But yeah, it's, it is scary times. And you know, as an Asian American, uh, another just departing thought. This is getting more serious than I intended it to be, but as an Asian American, I think there are things happening. Um, Hate crimes is on the rise. And I think it's something like in the hundreds per day now, it might be in the thousands of hate crimes happening per day to Asian Americans um, because of um, this perception that it's a Chinese virus. And that, you know, whether it's because people think that we're the ones spreading the disease or we started spreading the disease, I think Asian Americans are going through, you know, having to really wrestle with their identity as Americans. Um, So I think it's important that Asian Americans, um, we speak up when we see these things, when it happens to us as well, we we should speak up. Um, This past episode, actually, by the time this is released, it would have been two episodes ago, I spoke with a guest named Hannah Lee, and we kind of talked about, this, the psyche of Asian American immigrants and things like that. And there is a component of a uh, vicarious stress that happens when you hear about something that happens to someone else, but it is important to still talk about these things and bring it out um, because yeah, we want to validate the things that happen to other people. We want to support them and we want to advocate for them. And if we don't speak out, then these things are going to just keep happening and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to go away. So, uh, that's just my encouragement to you guys. Um, while this is happening, um, while hate crimes are being perpetrated on Asian Americans, let's be as vocal as we can. And if you want to use this podcast as a platform to do that, please feel free to reach out. Um, if there's a story you want to tell about any, any of that, that that's that you've witnessed or happened or experienced, um, I'm more than happy to have you on. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that, that took a serious note, but um, I'm hoping that the beginning, 90% of this podcast did bring some levity and joy into your life. And yeah, go watch some of these funny TV shows because uh, you know, me and Jim, we stand by them. Um, and if you want to keep talking about these TV shows or, or ask questions about them, uh, we'll answer as best as we can. Uh, please feel free to email me at That's I hope to hear this abbreviated. Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at I hope to hear this or on Twitter at IHTHT podcast. This video is going to be on YouTube as well, uh, Jim. You know your little computer in the background with the spinning circle. Uh, it kept confusing me. I kept thinking that something was loading <laughs> because it looks like a loading screen thing. But if you want to see the inside of uh, my room and Jim's room, oh uh, yeah, watch us on YouTube. There, there were actually a lot of awkward silences. Um, it, people might think that it was due to lag or something, but it was because Jim was uh, thinking and he was thinking through what he was going to say next. So, if if it's felt awkward, it's go watch the go watch the video and you, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, and also, are you uh, are you blaming me? I'm not what blaming you. I'm no, I'm explaining. <laughs> I'm just letting people know. Um, All right. Also, if you've been enjoying the podcast, uh, please uh, go write some reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the podcast, uh, like, comment, subscribe, all all that good thing, all those good things. Um, Last thing, Jim, now that you're on lockdown, uh, have you had time to think about starting your podcast? Because you've been talking about it. I have lots of time to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you hey, done man, it yet you
1: have to you have to plan you have to set up infrastructure mm. like stop bothering me oh my gosh like you know literally uh, I'm I'm ready to do it but yeah. I just uh,
0: have to do it yeah do it um do you know what it's going to be called yet uh, I do oh is it going to be called let us know I'm because I'm uh, sure okay. <laughs> I'm sure there are no. a lot of people who listen to this who would want to listen to your podcast
1: no, I'm okay. okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, okay? Okay. Well, Look, Jesus says to do things in secret, okay?
0: Amen. Yes. <laughs> it might be a little out of context. But anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you guys for watching. And Jim, thank you so much for making the time. Um, I know that you told me you hadn't slept. It's uh, almost 12 a.m. or 12 p.m. You hadn't slept yet?
1: Don't. Don't say
0: that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, if Nicole apparently...
1: sees this, she's gonna be be very upset. <laughs> my <laughs> uh, my schedule has been off, and she's uh, dis- disapproved. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, but I also have to give her credit because Shit's Creek uh, was her recommendation. I was like, no, I don't want to watch. You know, this show that sounds dumb, but oh, I yeah. really really love this. So.
0: Yeah, and let's yeah. also give her a shout-out. She's she's a nurse. Uh, let's give her a shout-out because, you know, she's on the front lines. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, like, nurses, they work so hard, and it's so fast-paced right now. And then when they get – like, this isn't just her. This is many – like, many, many uh, of her, like, peers and coworkers, they just, like, like cry because yeah. they're so overwhelmed. Yeah. And it's – man, yeah. And anyway, but, yeah, let's definitely pray for our nurses, support our nurses, for sure, because uh, yeah, they they are going into a uh, you know a battlefield uh, underprepared and like uh, under equipped. So yeah, definitely let's pray for them, Yep. and support sure. them as much as possible.
0: Yep. All right. Well, Dave, thank you for making the time again, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. All right. Bye, bye.